This podcast is part of the Listen Frederick Podcast Network. To learn more, visit listenfrederick.com. Welcome to the Big Sci-Fi Podcast, where our gang of sci-fi fans will boldly go where few fans have gone before. Okay, not really, but we'll have fun discussing and interacting with our favorite shows and films from all over the sci-fi universe. We love Trek the most, but our love for Trek means we have a great appreciation for sci-fi in general. Join our panel of sci-fi fans from all over North America and beyond as we share our opinions and thoughts on this deep and incredibly diverse genre of storytelling. Our mission here at the Big Sci-Fi Podcast is to entertain and have fun, so you'll hear all types of views in a light and fun atmosphere. If you love sci-fi, this is the perfect space station for you to dock at. We invite you to come aboard and stay a while. You've got friends right here on the Big Sci-Fi Podcast. Welcome back to the Big Sci-Fi Podcast, and this is our season one finale episode. Yes, that's right. We are yes. wrapping Ooh. up season one, depending on how you, your perspective, I guess. We're wrapping up season one, and we are going out with a bang as we discuss season one and two of Star Trek Picard or wherever our discussion leads us. Mm -hmm. So love it or hate it, Picard has become a powerhouse show for the Star Trek franchise, giving many fans what they've been longing for, a glimpse into the life of our beloved Cap, uh, I mean, excuse me, Admiral Picard, <laughs> I believe. But beware, folks, warning, Will Rod Robinson. Spoilers are ahead. So if you're not caught up on all episodes of Picard, might I suggest that you turn this podcast off? Listen to another earlier episode if you need a big sci-fi fix right now and get caught up and then tune back into this episode. You have been warned but before we get into our usual banter back and forth i want to take a moment just to thank all of our faithful listeners and members of our facebook group for being such awesome supporters of the show you're the reason we keep getting together via zoom to record these episodes weekly and we are so looking forward to what season two is going to bring now let me introduce my other co-hosts adina minonia engineer science fiction author of the robot galaxy seniors adina how are you doing today i'm great and yes, I am all those things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy I got it right. <laughs> yeah. And next we have Kristen Fox, moderator, and quite ironically, <laughs> the guy that is always yelling about Star Trek and has a podcast to prove it. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing well. I, I love the introduction. And just, just in case, I do not yell at my clients when I'm mediating. Very I'm good. only yelling about Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> and along with Adina and Chris, there is the always friendly, always encouraging Steve Merkin. He's retired and also a fellow Indy 500 fan, might I add. How you doing, Steve, my friend? I'm doing fine. And yes, I am looking forward to next weekend when we get to watch the Indy 500. Mm. Now, I'll let you know that my old company that I worked for, yeah, we supplied the precious metals for the belt buckles that they give away at the Indy 500. Get out of here. Yes. And I, 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 even though I'm retired now, I kept in contact with the company that's doing it. And I saw this year's Indy 500 buckle before it's going to be given to the driver and it's very fantastic cool yeah. oh that's so cool i'm nerding so out random. On yeah mm -hmm. i'm 
That's cool, random though, man. That's cool. Very cool. Man. You're always just dropping these little like tidbits. <laughs> yeah. Steve, like, oh, yeah. by the way, I just do this thing too, and I know this person. <laughs> Steve yeah. might be the most interesting man I know right now in my life. Yeah. Um, I do. I do have to say, not to one up you. That is the. That's pretty cool. But I do. One of my good friends, Joe All, who's also a fan of the mm-hmm. podcast and hopefully listening to this, uh, Hello, is Joe. an engineer for Goodyear, and he has engineered tires that have won the 500. Wow. As well as Lamaz, um, Lamans, Lamaz. How do you say that? Lemon, lemon. If you want to be lemon, lemon, lemon. Not to be yes. confused with lemon. Um, yes. But anyways, I am Brian Donahue. I'm a pastor of a network of house churches here in Northeast Ohio, and so grateful that it's podcast night for us because we're going to have fun tonight as we talk about the Star Trek series that is. Picard. And if I'm any good at post-production, I hope to add some echoes onto Picard, 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 Picard. But before we get rolling into our main topic tonight, what have you guys been up to since we last met? Let's start with Chris. Uh, So I've been doing a lot of podcasting for work. So we've been doing, like I started a leadership podcast. We've been interviewing very cool people. We interviewed this uh, one person, Arlene Limas, and she was a Taekwondo gold medalist in 1988 a great conversation with her been watching a ton of enterprise when i should as i keep saying i should be watching other stuff Mm -hmm. (laughs) again i got to the end of season three and i was like i'm just gonna watch a little bit of stormfront i'm not gonna do that oh it's so good and then i did I and then I the, got back into it. I love the and opening like, I love of it. part two. I love the opening yeah. of part two with the newsreel of the Nazis in the White House. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> and then yeah. I was like, well, I'm done that. Uh, do I really want to finish Augments? Uh, I'm not going to. And then I did. And now well, I'm that, on the Vulcan trilogy. Nice. <laughs> that, well, guess what? That ties in with the final episode of uh, Picard. There mm. you go. Yeah, the Augments. Mm-hmm. Well, Steve, how right. about you? Yes, yes. Me, um, I've been watching uh, Strange New Worlds and very happy. Oh, um, they've gotten back to, to old Star Trek. And I but, do love yeah, the way they written. But we're not going to spoil anything. Strange no, New no, Worlds no, we're not going to do, no, that. No, no. do yeah. that. Yeah. But as much as we want to, because I think we like want to talk about that oh God, too. We're I, not. I, I we're not gonna. We're just yeah. spoiling everything about that. Picard. That might have to be our season one opener oh. or season two opener, Ooh. perhaps. Mm, just a we suggestion. Mean, we can yeah, discuss. That's good. It's up yep. to us later to decide that. But 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 also, so. um, and I just want to say how sad I am for the city of Buffalo. Mm, yes. Yeah. You know, if all we could all believe in what. Mistress Box says, infinite diversity and infinite combinations. If we just can accept that, then we can accept everyone. And mm-hmm. it just seems that there's a group of people out there that just, they just don't seem to get it. And I'm sorry, you know, but yep. anyway. Um, yep. Go ahead. Uh, hey, you on, know, that's, that's okay. That's okay, my yeah. friend. We're, yeah. we're all for peace and talking it through i mean we've got chris our moderator here who mm-hmm. tries to help bring people together mm-hmm. to understanding yeah. and find the common ground and there is plenty of common ground to go around in this country and mm-hmm. that's, that's one of the things we love about star trek right is that infinite diversity and infinite combinations and so um we we are saddened by what happened in buffalo um but we also are hopeful still that um, there is a brighter tomorrow and that we can work through this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one person at a time. 
one person at a time loving and putting other people in front of themselves and Mm -hmm. and seeing how they can help others so let's live that way adina how you doing i'm good so busy it's just been so (laughs) so much going on i don't don't even know where to to start um just a couple brief things is yeah my husband and i were on vacation in louisville kentucky just as a a random spot for us because we'd never been there um we're not huge bourbon aficionados, but we still went to, you know, a, a distillery and did a tasting. We're not big horse people yet. We still went to Churchill Downs and, Very I, good. and I lost Very money good. on the horses, oh, <laughs> but just, there is like so much like American history in Louisville. It's pretty mm. amazing. And there are the best donuts ever. Like Ugh. every day I've been home, like we were only going to go to this one donut shop on Friday, the day before we left. And, and we did. And then I, I told my husband, I'm like, Hey, since I'm driving the car out of town, the car is going to go to the donut shop on the way out on Saturday. <laughs> um, so we did. And every day since then, all I can think about are those donuts. So there's a it's oh, high, fi- high five you. donuts. Mm-hmm. If you're ever in Louisville, Kentucky, or if you high live five, in Louisville, okay. Kentucky, high five donuts. Um, but outside of that, Everything has been uh, related to, I've got some upcoming book fairs and conventions that I'm going to be participating in. So I've been getting ready for, for all of that. But the most important thing is I think my 11 year old is finally turning into a legit, no kidding, Star Trek fan. Okay, uh, cool. Is, Tell me how it's done. Well, so for years, you know, I thought we were going to hear about your other son for a minute, but okay. No, well, that, there's good stuff there too. He's sleeping okay, through the yeah. night, knock on wood, Fantastic. but, but the Star Trek fanness that, that is coming out. Uh, so we've been watching, you know, lower decks uh, oh, and great. And he is watching, we're all watching strange new worlds together. And between them, he's starting to ask episodes, ask things like, well, wait, why is this? Blah, blah, blah. So it's been a legit reason for me. Like, well, you have to watch these original series episode so we watched trouble with net so we're doing it in random order just as the topics come up so we mm-hmm. watched the trouble with tribbles <laughs> we watched where no man has gone before mm. because uh gary mitchell is mentioned in lower decks or the the oh yeah the right first episode of season two strange energies mm-hmm. you know they, they talk about gary mitchell a lot so mm-hmm. we had to watch where no man has gone before and i'm able to give my my son the context of hey how important that episode was that was the episode that sold the series. If it wasn't, you know, like the the amazingness that NBC paid for a second pilot, <clears throat> that was it. And and if it wasn't for that episode, we would have we'd not we wouldn't be here today talking about Star Trek. Mm-hmm. I don't know what we'd be talking about. And then just the other day, we watched The Menagerie mm-hmm. because okay. of Strange New Worlds. Yeah. And uh, we didn't actually finish it. it. Was it was late at night, so we didn't finish it. But uh, and. Just when we started this podcast <laughs> this evening, I left them, the rest of my family, in their other room watching the Next Generation episode, The Pegasus. Oh, oh cool. Because nice. the oh, other day, cool. I got this shirt in the mail <clears throat> that says, I am a role model, Captain Picard. And <laughs> they all thought it was cute, but I'm like, but you, you guys don't understand. You have to understand Captain Picard Day. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So yeah. we I made them all. I made my husband and my son watch the scene. And then my son just c- kept watching the episode. Um, so, yeah, um, that's to me the most exciting thing that's been going on. Okay. Goals. <laughs> we need to interview him if he's if he's comfortable. And if you're comfortable one day, we'd love to it'd be great to hear his thoughts on Trek. We could. I can tell you he the, the one thing, though, about the old series episodes is interesting because he will he's watching them and he's engaged in them, but he will not stop making fun of the 1960s special effects. 
Right. Yeah. That's uh, that, that could, could be a little be, tough. To that get could through. be hilarious on the podcast, though. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> hey, they're dated. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and Even we're though... watching the remastered ones where like the planets have been mm-hmm. replaced with nice looking planets mm-hmm. and everything looks really nice for what it is. But and I'm trying to explain to him, you have to understand in the late 60s, this was this was like really expensive, good mm-hmm. state of the art technology. You know, mm-hmm. it's just that was a long time ago. <laughs> no, <laughs> it was a long time ago. Yeah. And the fact that you mentioned the trouble with tribbles, mm-hmm. which was written by David Gerald. Mm-hmm. So I went and looked up because in the in the uh, part one interview with Doug Drexler, we talked about how we were both members of Science Fiction Book Club. And the very first book I read was when Harley was one. And he said, oh, that was written by Harlan Ellison. Well, I looked it up. No, it was written mm-hmm. by David Gerald. Interesting. So, um, yeah, he's he was a polar. He was a, a you know popular science fiction writer. Mm-hmm. besides besides that uh one specific and probably one of the most famous episodes of all time yeah trouble Mm trouble for sure oh you have to show them the alternative factor then because that has the cheesiest like there's the effect if you guys remember when the galaxy's winking out of existence and there's like a spin there's a picture and it keeps spinning Mm-hmm. it's very strange it's not a good episode though i don't remember that i, I only want to show him up. the good episodes oh, okay because, well, yeah. again because the <laughs> no. stories uh, he's getting engaged in the stories and that's mm-hmm. uh, i think a testament to the stories have held mm-hmm. up you yeah. know um yeah. that's that's very true uh, like i introducing my wife to track there you know i was very picky with which episodes to show her um years ago so that mm-hmm. she wouldn't you know you don't show a non-track fan the cheesy episodes right you show them the really great stuff and then hopefully they get hooked and then they'll put up with the cheesy stuff because <laughs> they want just right. want more of it you know so right. mm-hmm. um but yeah that's that's great adina and i have had a very busy um really month all together but uh my book is now back to the editor for a second go round. And so I'm real excited about that. And um, I still have to read your your new version of it. I have not had a chance to do that yet. Sorry. I've uh, done a lot of work, actually. I may have to resend it to you, actually, Mm -hmm. um, all of you, if you haven't read it yet. um, So you have the latest um, incarnation of it. But I'm excited about that. And I just uh, finished recording a brand new song today and posted that on my social media. So I'm super proud of that and excited (laughs) about that. And uh, so you can check that out if you look me up. But uh, man, I I don't know about you guys. Let's let's get the ball rolling here, okay? Um, yes. Let's let's get down yes. to business and talk mm-hmm. about the great series. Uh, it's my opinion, Star Trek Picard. I've got a few questions I'd like to ask you guys that have been mm-hmm. on my mind, and okay. our listening audience should know that we have been holding back from barely even mentioning Picard because we wanted to end season one on Picard. Uh, so we're pretty excited to talk about this series finally. So once again, just in case you missed it before, for some reason, spoilers are ahead. So beware, proceed with caution. There will be um, no pew, pew, pew right. sound. Because <laughs> well, it would just be one big show. sound right from here on out. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, this is the last chance. Last chance. Get out it, that would be Go hilarious, watch it. Go turn it but on. totally boring, too, um, for our listener audience. Uh, question number one. Uh, what was your very first impression of the show as you watched the first few episodes of season one? And let's start with our science fiction author, Adina. 
Sure. Well, I'm going to say, I kind of want to answer this for all of us because I want to say while we haven't, I mean, not really answered for all of us, but while we haven't talked about it on the podcast, the four of us have been engaged in conversation behind the scenes about it. And, you know, we, we would watch an episode and kind of all watch it about the same time within a day or so. And we would get on and into our, you know, our private group chat and be like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. So we Mm -hmm. were at least for the first, you know, the start of the season, we were all like over the moon. And then it, it, we started to get a little, we weren't sure. We're talking talking season one, right? No, no, no. No, No, season two. Oh, okay. I'm just talking about, oh, wait, you you did ask a question about season one. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. What you're saying is great. Continue with what you're going on. I'm talking about season two because season one, we weren't all together yet. Yeah, that's right. You know, so that's a good point to point out. But I loved season one. I mean, I, I know, uh, there's, you know, a lot of people are up and down on season one, especially since season two, because I do agree season two is way better than season one, but I still loved season one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, okay. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, so I, I've loved everything about, <laughs> about it. Even when there were a couple of times where I'm like, hmm, what, like and there'd be an episode where I'm like, I don't know, but then I came back around like the ne- next episode and I would go back and rewatch and, and, and such, especially, you know, in season one, and especially with the episode with Riker and Troy, mm-hmm. I yes. felt like I was coming home. Oh my know? gosh. Yeah. That's the, mm-hmm. the only way I can just describe it. It's just like, you know, as I've always described TNG as my core start, as much as I'm a big fan of, of the original series, TNG is when I was on, was on when I was a teenager. And I think that's a very impressionable mm-hmm. time in a person's mm-hmm. life. So that's my core. And to ha- to kind of come back to that and I know a lot of people have said uh, they think Picard's a lot darker and doesn't hold true mm-hmm. to TNG in that way. Mm-hmm. I am okay in the, well, it's been 25 or more years and the landscape of TV has changed, you know, so what works on modern TV is different, you know, different in 2020s versus in the 1980s. Right. You know, and then, you know, people, and characters can evolve over that period of time too. Um, we'll probably talk about this later, but you know, Admiral Picard. Uh, I was having this conversation with one of my colleagues over the last day or two at work. Uh, he was talking about how he's a little—I I don't know if the word is disappointed—that it's not Ambassador Picard. Oh, interesting. And so we'll come back to right. that. I'll let other people talk okay, about that's back a cool that. idea. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Great. Great. Well, Chris, how about you? So for season one, it was a very, it was up and down. Overall, I wasn't, I didn't love the season. So first episode was just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're back. It was surreal. It was like, I don't know. It was like a dream because it's like, I can't believe that Picard is actually back after all this time. And then seeing them opening up with 10 Ford was incredible. But then as the season started going coming going along i was kind of each episode i was like i'm not feeling this i'm hoping you know i'm hoping the next episode will be better i want to break this up because uh i saw some friends on the weekend and they're big hockey fans and so we were watching the leafs game and their depression was just so palpable when they lost and the reason i bring it up is i kind of felt like watching season one of picard was like how I imagine Lee fans are feeling where it's like, all right, they didn't do quite this well, but 
there's still episode, there's still game two, then there's game three, maybe it'll get better. And I felt like with every episode, I was like, okay, there's, they still have the season finale. Maybe they can wrap this up. But I just, I wasn't, I didn't love season one. I didn't like what they did with Picard. I felt like I got the impression that he was supposed to learn a lesson in generations that I thought would have paid off later, Mm -hmm. excuse me, in terms of family. But then with season two, I just felt like they corrected it. And I was, I was all in for every episode, even the episodes where I didn't love as much. I was still like, no, this is still what I want from Trek. Mm -hmm. Nice. How about you, Steve? Mm -hmm. You know, um, I had the very, very, very good fortune of being at the Star Trek convention, waiting for um, Patrick Stewart to come out on stage and then being in the audience when he went and Captain Picard is back and then crowd went whoa oh i heard it you were there i'm out yes i watched that video on youtube i can't believe you were there like oh we're gonna have to see if we can find you after it was i was way in the back (laughs) way in the back but then (laughs) all all of a sudden my phone lights up and someone one of my fans who loves the show goes picard is coming back and i I looked i said i'm at the convention right now seeing it happen live it was it was so exciting because people i mean they love captain picard they love the character so to see him come back and have his own series when there was just all this little inkling about it was big news so watching the first few episodes i was not disappointed i was very happy with what they did um i kept thinking my god there's more action in these first few episodes than all of disco combined (laughs) and that's just made me very happy it was a little hard at first being introduced to some of the new characters, but then you got to know them and especially Raffi. And I absolutely love the fact that where she lived, she lived in Vasquez rocks. And yeah, where was that was really cool. Star Trek episode shot at Vasquez rocks. <laughs> I thought for once they show it in the movie or for in the TV series and they, they tell you where they really, really are. So I like that. And I like the relation between her. And, and <clears throat> I love the way that they brought back Seven of Nine. Her character was just perfect, being kick-ass. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, so many good things. The, the um, whole thing with the, ro- the androids and the Romulans, and it got to be so drawn out that, you know, it was like, okay, I'm waiting for the conclusion. Then when it finally got to the conclusion, it was like, yeah okay, i'm okay i guess but it's may not it just it became a little too drawn out and you know and to have the character of hugh back and some other characters that was really nice so yeah and i and i definitely would love to have a pizza with uh riker oh and yes that would be yes <laughs> so yeah overall i was happy with the season and and um not too happy with the way it ended but overall, very, very happy with it. And that it was much more exciting than yeah. the prior new Trek series. Yeah. Well, f- thank you, Stephen. For me, I-, I think I was super pumped. I mean, my wife, I probably annoyed the crap out of my wife days leading up to this premiere of this series. And I was just, <clears throat> I was so excited to see Captain Picard back in action um, that... I, th- I felt like the Romulan event 
um, was very interesting and intriguing where he's got this great shame or regret weighing him down. Um, I thought was interesting. I was the opening scene I, I loved, but I just, I feel like all the great special effects, they really missed making data look like himself at that. You know, I just felt like, why didn't they really make him look like data did on next gen? um to you know uh what have you but i also loved um having brent spiner as a part of the cast um which is mm-hmm. was really cool i did mm-hmm. enjoy that mm-hmm. i was not in love with all the android and stuff that that yeah. storyline i kind of felt was yeah. a little bit hit or miss up and down at times but i do have to say as someone who was who took the lackluster effort of at least what i felt was lackluster effort for star trek nemesis which was supposed to be the next gen's big bang last film um the way they killed data it was heroic i guess it was dramatic to have him fly across space and you know um all that stuff but uh, and then to have this B4 care, you know, trying to get that guy going, I, it's, I just was like, I just, I was so disappointed as a next gen fan. So for mm-hmm. me being able to see them flesh out Picard's relationship with data and data's final act as trying to be human was to actually die. Mm-hmm. I felt like, I mean, I was crying all over the place with that. That was like, that's what Brent Spiner deserved with the character of data and what star trek fans deserved and i felt i feel just like adina that scene that episode with Riker and troy it felt like the best family Mm -hmm. reunion i could i read that was so good what i I, my favorite star trek series um is deep space nine but next gen is my comfort zone that's what i grew up on too and deep space nine i think that's they're, they're both pretty comfortable for me to watch but I, there are things I remember with watching Next Gen that wasn't a part of the show. It was the windows open in the summertime and what the air smelled like as as I was sitting in the living room watching Star Trek with my dad, you know, um, mm-hmm. and uh, hearing, you know, just what it was like to be there. So I, in that episode where Riker and Troy were there, it just, I mean, my, I was crying all the way through it. My wife was making fun of me the whole time, like, you know, um, but then season two rolls around and right from the very start, it felt different. It yep. felt much more like maybe what the fans were wanting and craving. Um, oh. or, but but could that be because now the, some of the characters that were new in season one are, are no longer new? I We've think had that's a big a, a part full of it. season, yeah. you know, of Rafi and Rios, you know, so mm-hmm. and Agnes, you know. So mm-hmm. I, I think that that could account for a difference there too. So you're jumping right into catching up on okay, where are they now? Right. Where have they been recently? You know that yeah. kind of thing. They gave us yeah. Guinan too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which I, was yeah. super cool to see Whoopi Goldberg mm-hmm. back as Guinan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let so, alone who else? Mr. Q. Mr. Q. Yeah. <laughs> they never referred to him as Mr. Q in the show. I don't know why I'm calling him Mr. Q. <laughs> Mr. Q. John, the fabulous John Delancey. Yeah. Um, when and they got him right mm-hmm. before he snapped his fingers so he could look more like Picard. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So a couple of things about about the that, because you mentioned, you know, data not looking quite like one, 
love Brent Spiner to death. He's fantastic. I, I love his acting ability. Um, but I, you know, and I, I just have a hard time. Yes. In my head, like I, I know the reality of taking someone who has in real life aged and then trying to de-age them like that, um, is really hard. And I think the only reason, but I noticed that for John Delancey, it looked spot on, but John Delancey was, it was literally like he had one line of dialogue and that was it. All we saw where we did see a lot more time yeah. for data. So I feel like That's if fair. we had, you know, so similar to remember in, uh, in star Wars, when they brought back, uh, oh, Skywalker. Uh, Moff. yeah, Moff, like Moff. the oh. Tarkin, Tarkin, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. where you could tell oh, he's right. a CGI uh, yeah. character, you know, like mm-hmm. you could, I mean, you accept it, but you can tell he's a CGI character. I think if we had seen more of Q, mm-hmm. young Q, it would have also thrown us mm-hmm. off a little bit. Yeah. But it's also well, that... the technology has gotten a lot better oh, in the last yeah. two years. I don't know if we can talk about other fandoms. I don't want to get into spoilers, but there's no. been yeah. some really big advancements with right. that. Mm-hmm. But I would say for me personally, it's like with the data stuff, I don't think they should have even bothered to DH him yeah. just because like mm-hmm. we like is if you we should accept. All oh, right. These are humans like they're not we're not <laughs> Android. So we should be able to accept that. OK, they're going to age. I mean, we did that with Nemesis. <laughs> It's hard um, though. It's just it is. Yeah. It's hard because yeah, we it, want to. It takes us out of the fantasy a little bit, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they could have said. Take us let less out of the fantasy than as I'd rather have someone older just have to accept they're older, right? Than weird I, CGI that looks slightly well, off. Well, and True, they, they, and also different actors. Right. Well, I think I think they could have said something simple to say data is simply trying, you know, he's adjusted his outward appearance so that he can experience part of the human ex, you yeah. know, experience yeah. with even his Guinan friends. Has that. Yeah. Even well, Guinan has a line about, like, hey, I just do this for you. Like, yeah. if she's doing it as a favor to Picard and to other humans to be like, hey, we, I want to make myself look older so you feel comfortable. Yeah. How they did that with Guinan and the fact that they did it instantly, they didn't wait, they just did it. How they did it with yeah. Q and they did it instantly. Yeah, I think those right. all were Those are great um, points. That yeah. could have worked with yeah. Data too. Yeah. Then they did that in, in All Good Thing, you know, in the, in the series finale and All Good Things when he had that like That's streak right. of white yeah. in his hair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, but he he's still like his skunk. face looks and like everything else yeah. is still, you know, him. But Yeah. Well, right, okay. So, yeah. so, oh, go ahead, Chris. Oh, I was just going to say it to Adina's point about like, I think what, I guess I don't know where we're going, but like one thing that I think made such a big difference was uh, was season two was for me was the atmosphere, the aesthetic, the fact that a Starfleet ship looked like a Starfleet ship. Mm-hmm. Um, even like Doug was talking about that. And I think like from the get go, it's like, okay, they're on this ship. It looks like a bridge. Mm-hmm. It feels like a Star Trek bridge. Mm-hmm. We see the L cars. We hear the noises. It just, it felt great. Mm. Yep. Yep. Now, exactly. now let's go because there's two things I want, I want to make sure that we're covering because we've done yeah. general first impressions. What I want to make sure we cover what is your favorite thing and what is your least favorite thing about the series overall. So let's start with our favorite things. Let's start with the good stuff first. Yeah. And so what is something you think Picard has got really right? What is what is something you love about the Picard series? And we'll start with the, oh. Dina this time. Oh, I'm sorry, Everything. Chris, this time. <laughs> Uh, I was going to say, I think seven of nine, like this cool, happier, go luckier 
79 on hanging out on earth, I think is such a great development. Like I liked where she was in season one. I had real issues with the whole like, Hey, don't go murder this person because you're never going to like, uh, recover from that. And then it's like, she's thinking about it, but then she does it anyways. It's like, Whoa, you've just, you didn't ruin a character, but you came pretty close to committing like the unforgivable sin. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like sort of the course correction that seven was on. And it's just like such a shame that she couldn't hang out with Jane. We'd be like, and Jane would be like, yeah, that was all me. <laughs> Are you talking about when she kicked the Romulan gal off the, no, well, first I was talking about the, um, or is that so from when she Voyager? killed off, she killed, uh, like there was some syndicate leader or something. And oh, okay. you went back and data and Picard was like, Hey, you shouldn't kill her. You know, if you kill someone, you're never going to be able to forgive yourself. And then she's like, all right. But then she goes back and does it. Um, <laughs> but I was just saying like, I, I feel like Janeway would be so proud of seven of nine in season two. And mm-hmm. just seeing how far she's come, mm-hmm. uh, embracing her humanity. I love. Well, that. is that yeah. because for most of season two, she was without Borg implants? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I don't know because like the Borg implant thing, possibly. But I'm pretty like I remember in uh, there's an episode of season seven of Voyager where the Doctor is able to remove some aspect of the implant so she could experience full emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think it was from the implant. It seemed more like she was just growing into that a well, little bit more. So, in, cause in the first couple episodes, like in the first couple episodes of season two, they make a point of, you know, she makes a point of saying, Hey, you know, I noticed how everyone is reacting to me. They see the Borg implant, they know I'm Borg. And so she's very oh. standoffish. And then when she's in 2024 without the Borg implants, right. Rafi yes, makes a okay. comment at the big gala that she's like, she's mingling and she's loose and happy. Like, so I'm wondering if that really, because it, it's not about what's necessarily happening to her technically without having it, oh, okay. but without her having you. it, yeah. people are not looking at her and seeing a Borg for the first time in her, like her, in her adult life. And so I think that's having, like, it's a psychological effect, not a real internal. Effect oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that makes more sense. Yes. Yeah. That because people are not reacting to her as a Borg. Right. So she can just as... be a human and just not right. be standoffish yeah. and, right. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Steve, how about you? What's well, your favorite? I'm thing? just gonna, I'm going to tell you my favorite moment yeah. of both seasons. It's the moment where Seven materializes in the park, and the little girl looks at her and says, "Are you a superhero?" And she just <laughs> goes, Shh, and she has that big smile on her face, and yeah. you know, all but there, she her humanity has come forward. That she can treat mm. a little child and not, not crush their dream, and just go. <laughs> so leaving the child going, maybe you are. And it was a great way to handle her materialization in front of someone. I just, <laughs> I, I, it's one of those scenes. I just, I when I watch it, it makes me absolutely smile. But the one thing that I loved about this, that season two really stood out was just making Agnes's character so so important yeah from the moment she appears on there and she goes into her little she gets sassier and sassier and smarter and when she does her whole soliloquy to get out of a situation it's just like seven shot seven or something or (laughs) 
and she gets the whole uh, you know this elaborate yeah. and then at the end she goes whoo you know it's like <laughs> oh my god they took it i can't believe it um and then her battling the Borg queen was just so very well done that i just i i'm gonna i'm sorry she's her character is gonna come to an end but i really loved agnes and she made the second season so super enjoyable mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we yeah, like definitely. we lost like half the new characters won't be with us in season three. Yeah. You know, no more Rios, no more Agnes, no more um, El uh, Elnor. Elnor, yeah. yeah, yeah. See, Rios, I'm gonna miss, but I'm, I'm so happy that. with how it ended because yeah. like I'm just like go for get the girl. You deserve yeah. it. Like the yeah. the fact yeah. that he was that giddy. It's like I understand that feeling. At, you, at- just at, stay with her. Yeah. At first, Chris, I was like, why are they going to have him struggle and not want to go back to his own time? Like, mm-hmm. why are we, you know, it's, it just seems like something we've seen in any time type of timeline issues, any movie, mm-hmm. film, you know, series, it comes around. But this was so heartwarming and endearing yeah. um, that they just, they did a great job of selling it. Like by the time the decision had to be made, I was like, "Go for it, dude!" Yeah, yeah. You could see, and I was, you could see why. And I was I so th- happy that we got the explanation from Guinan later. That we just kind of heard his whole like, you know, that he had a uh, an mm-hmm. interesting, good, happy life right after after that. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm so, mm-hmm. I was so happy yeah. for that, you know, to, yeah. to, to know and not wonder. I and thought, to also know that it wasn't going to mess up the timeline too, because right. I know that was a huge criticism well, for fans. Right. The, well, that, that, that's. <laughs> Kind of so that's the whole thing is is like we have to I feel like we are accepting so much in the fact that they touched oh my so god much <laughs> you know yes they started out worried about butterflies okay and yeah but really they had so much effect I mean like just the stopping the ice bus you know mm-hmm. where those people were gonna be deported and now they're not where are they go like they had so many things that were going to ripple all uh, kinds yeah. of mess oh my god literally yes they yeah. killed off but an entire willing suspension of disbelief life. they yeah. but i think season... they all do that though like all yeah. the series do yeah, yeah. yes they degree. all do they've yeah. all no none has been perfect with this whole time travel and mm. are there going to be after none of it and we just i think have to just accept that to have a good show we're just not going to worry about that you just we're going to assume this... that we're just yeah. This and I'm was, okay with I'm okay. This with was one of the best. This is one of the most fun suspensions of disbelief in a show mm-hmm. as far as time travel I've ever had. Because you're absolutely right, Adina. There, there are things they mess with and things they do. And then Guinan, you know, they just have her say a line that says everything's cool. And so we just go, awesome. That feels great. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's um, a lot like the uh, like the voyage home. Like with, uh, well, how do we know he didn't invent the Right, right. right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. sure. That's worth So the the novelization of Star Trek Four actually includes a line after that line saying, uh, you're, you're not hearing me, Doctor. He did invent it. You know, and oh, I, I don't know if that was okay. intended in the movie, but mm-hmm. the novelization actually went further, yeah. went a line or two further. And said, no, no, he actually did invent it, which mm-hmm. still creates a paradox loop because how could he invent something if he got it from somewhere, you know, like right yeah adina have you said what your favorite thing is i don't i don't want to say what my favorite thing is until everything just everything everything there's just there's so much that is high praise Mm -hmm. yeah there's um, i'm happy with the characters that they brought back i'm happy how they brought it back um you guys mentioned the stargazer and love the stargazer but i also love rios's his oh yes oh my gosh mm -hmm. and and 
especially the bridge, like his bridge and the way he controls it with kind of the, the hollow screens. Right. Um, I love everything about that. Um, mm. I love learning more about Romulan culture, both through yeah. uh, the folks staying with Picard and through Elnor and the whole um, mm-hmm. Quat Malat. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my God, there's just so much. Uh, gosh, I don't, I don't know. I could, I could continue to go on. I mean, <laughs> like I'm, I love all the characters they brought back. Yeah. Um, the one problem I had, well, then we'll talk about problems. Yeah, later. we're going to talk about. I just problems. love so much. Mm-hmm. I just love so. All right. Well. Okay. So ahead, Adina Brian. likes everything. I have several things that are my favorite thing. Okay. First of all, I loved bringing back Riker and Troy. Uh, we've already mentioned that, but mm-hmm. I also love the so season great. finale of of the first season. I love watching Riker kick butt. And get, you know, staring down the Romulan commander. And to me, that was like, I'm glad they gave Jonathan Frakes that scene where he can at least one more time be that guy who gets to stare down somebody. I love that. I love that about his character on Next Gen. I loved, even even though, I, I mean, I think Insurrection is you know an okay fun movie it's fun if you're a star trek fan it's not the greatest trek film of all time but i loved the joystick coming out yeah i loved him it's cheesy but he's so cool i loved him talking back to those guys as they're fighting i just i think Riker doing that is great Mm -hmm. um and i also loved there's two more things real quick Mm -hmm. promise (laughs) Uh, the music in season two my gosh there is so much if you guys really listen to it they reference Star Trek First Contact, the Borg theme, yep. the beautiful, oh, so beautiful, and just mm-hmm. her, it's it gives you and it's scary at times when the Borg Queen is crawling on just her arms. You hear that Borg theme from that Jerry Goldsmith wrote in First Contact, um, and there's several other themes I think too that I remember hearing. Um, and I just remember shouting out loud. My wife, I almost startled my wife a few times, like, <laughs> oh my gosh, it was just, it was just fan, it was a fantastic connection mm-hmm. between new track and older track to mm-hmm. make it cohesive and to make fans go- just get goosebumps, you know? Mm-hmm. And then finally, and I can't believe I'm saying this because I was never a big fan of this character through the next generation. But oh my gosh, I am I was all excited about Will Wheaton. As excited as I was about <laughs> Q, I yes. was a little disappointed. Uh, I'll wait, but Will Wheaton showing up the way he did in the season finale or Wesley was genius. And yep. they did such a phenomenal this is listen, guys, okay? Mark Hamill didn't even know exactly who what Darth Vader was ultimately going to say until he saw it in the theater, right? That was mm-hmm. the biggest held secret. Luke, I mm-hmm. am your father, you know, mm-hmm. um, was a huge secret. I put the fact that was a huge kept secret. For Star Trek fans, this is equivalent to the yeah. greatest secret ever held because – I just even more than Spock dying in in Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan, I think that this was equivalent. Paramount. I don't well, know how they kept that secret. Yeah. I mean, well, there well. was all the difference the... between the, this secret and the the Spock secret and the Darth Vader secret is this is the internet age. Social media. I'm, I am yeah. so okay. impressed. Okay. All right. that they well, Joan Rivers today. Joan Rivers, I thought spoiled the the Spock thing. 
So I remember okay. watching an interview where she spoils it. Yeah, but not show. yeah, but right. not everybody watched that. Okay, though, you know? right. okay, okay. Fair. Can I can I say yeah, go that? Yeah, ahead, Steve. Okay, no, Steve's like and, I, and, I, 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 because because Paramount lied to us in that when they were talking about season three, they listed all the we're bringing back all these TNG characters, and everybody's going, <laughs> why isn't Will Wheaton's right. name listed? Why is it? And nobody answered the question from Paramount. Nobody did it because they were going to say, well, if you just wait to the last episode, you're going to find out why. Let's say he wasn't. He, let's say he wasn't in it. Paramount was not going to respond to that because there's no good answer. They, if, if let's say he wasn't in anything, there's no good answer they could give. There's, but there's they no would have given away. They would have. So this is by not saying anything. Yeah. yeah. They let you enjoy the surprise. Sure. sure. And I'm appreciating that they did. Yeah. That. Yeah, so I was, was convinced well when when everyone was talking about like, oh, my God, that's all the next generation and no Will Wheaton. I was convinced it was going to be a secret in season three. Mm-hmm. I, had right. no, like, I, I, I was too. that's what I was thinking. That was what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Well, but, even but, Will Wheaton and, played it beautifully. Oh he gosh. made a statement mm-hmm. talking mm-hmm. about how awesome it is to be a part of Trek again in these ready room behind mm-hmm. the scenes things and uh, his time on next gen as chair, you know, he made a br- beautiful statement, very humble yeah. statement. I'm like, Oh, wow. What a upstanding guy, you know, really taking the mm-hmm. high road here. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he is getting paid to be a part sure. of track. Yeah. Sure. He's getting a regular yeah. paycheck again. Now, so. the, the thing is, as much as I was so happy for that scene, I, and here's the thing. And I think I said this on a, a prior podcast, I, I would rather because we were I think we were at one point talking about him coming back mm-hmm. and I had made the statement that I would actually rather have seen him see him come back in lower decks. Yeah. Oh, I, yes. I remember. I am, saying that. I, and because I said when I when I watched it and I think it's because I've seen so much Will Wheaton in the Big Bang Theory, in the yeah. Ready Room and mm-hmm. all these other things. I am I <laughs> had a hard time. Tr- and I'm, so I'm glad it was also a yeah. short scene. I'm having one heck of a time as accepting this is adult Wesley Crusher. This is adult traveler, yeah. washer, supervisor, Wesley Crusher. <laughs> it's I mean, I'm, I, I'm so I was still I was Does... grateful for it. I like the uh-huh. evolution of his story, but I was having that was to me. I saw Will Wheaton appear. Yeah, I was about to say Wesley like... Crusher. Because yeah. I felt like it was Will Wheaton having a heart to heart with Sheldon a little bit, yeah. but that's <laughs> only because like Will Wheaton with a beard is what I'd see on Bang Bang Theory. We haven't right. actually seen, yeah, adult uh, Will Wheaton on like, or sorry, adult Wesley Crusher on Trek before. I, you know I think what, it's going to take some time to adjust. You know, you know what though, if if he's a part of season three, and I have my doubts, I don't think he's. I, I, I don't think know it. if I think it's that was it, and that's okay, and that's yeah, okay. I, yeah. That's one reason why I love this so much because now perhaps we're maybe we're looking at some sort of other series with him and um uh what's what's her name that he I, I can't Corey. remember the character what is it Corey Corey the, the, do- the yeah I think yeah Corey daughter. yeah Corey. Mm-hmm. so so I wonder if maybe that could be in the works as a possible series or oh. if they're just gonna well, let the this door open. I mean, the doors open yeah. at yeah. the very least we're gonna get probably a few a, a series of novels potentially about their adventures mm-hmm. and I still think I still think they could do lower decks they could Mm-hmm. bring it bring him in there and oh, i would i would that too. i would eat up i would yeah see, seeing yeah. him you know and that character on lower decks that would i would love yeah. that that would that and would and one more thing one more thing i thought brent spiner was brilliant 
as mm-hmm. as now his third character on Star Trek Picard. Third, right. No. Yeah. Right. Oh, Wasn't on, on Picard. On, Trek, on Picard. Well, yeah. On Picard. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I I felt he had moments that I'm going if he doesn't get nominated for an Emmy for as yeah. I I just felt like I mean there's all sorts of great acting throughout this whole series um but uh anyway let's let's move on let's keep tracking here <laughs> see okay. what i did there so um, i want to i want to go, go back to something it's like okay, a sort yes. of a new topic but you, you guys mentioned it so you mentioned the novels a minute ago but earlier on both uh ryan you and steven mentioned the whole in season one the uh romulan synth and that mm-hmm. plot arc not right, working well right. i want to address this for a minute because i think i cheated Hmm? after season one i did read the first novel in the picard series of novels hmm. um it was the last best hope okay and is that, that is that una mccormick yeah right okay uh-huh and that kind of laid out that was basically what happened with the whole romulan um okay uh, evacuation and everything mm-hmm. and it tied it together in a way so i was talking to my, my colleague about this uh in the last day or two and i need to go back and rewatch now some of the season one to because i think without that novel they don't tie the romulan stuff and the synth stuff together that well mm-hmm. the synths according to the novel and I, I don't know how canonical this novel is supposed to be i, th- I think mm-hmm. it, i think it is um but according to the novel the whole the, the synths the ones that were on Mars, they were developed solely for the purpose of building spaceship parts that needed like human-like hands mm-hmm. to, to make in order to keep the production of ships up to do the whole Romulan evacuation. Mm. So Picard is in charge of this whole big massive evacuation. And one of the big problems are there are not enough ships. Mm. So LaForge is involved in (laughs) going to Mars and basically he's in charge of building more ships as fast as they can. And the problem is, is there is touch labor involved. And well, you can't have, there's just not enough people to even do it. So there's uh, this, So Maddox, Bruce Maddox and Agnes develop this kind of AI that's not like a data, but Mm -hmm. it's more than a robot. Yeah. And those are the things. And that's the whole reason those guys are there on Mars. Okay. Um, So it ties it together in a way that I think made it make complete sense. And so I think that's one of the reasons why that whole arc works for me. So I need to go back and try to turn off, like pretend Mm -hmm. I don't know that. And then see what interesting. You know, like, You're making me like want to go back too. Yeah, because that's mm-hmm. that's one of those things where I think it's good when a novel can mm-hmm. clarify things and flesh things out. But it's also mm-hmm. problematic if you need to rely on a novel right. for a series to make sense that right. you know yeah. not everyone's going to read. And I was kind of like, oh, maybe I'll read it, but yeah. yeah. Well, I, I do want to read that. the other ones now. The caution I'll say, and this is no disrespect to to Una. McCormick um, because I mean it it was well written but the one thing that I really did not like about it and it might have this might have been why I really was not motivated to read read the rest of the series even though she didn't write the rest of the series I did not like what she did with Agnes's character Hmm. she's kind of like Agnes is kind of like um, Bruce Maddox is this genius and I'm just going to support him and do whatever he needs. And it was mm-hmm. like, it fell into that kind of trope of a woman supporting mm-hmm. a man when oh, she's really a genius. Yeah. She shouldn't just be in love with this guy. It just, yeah. it was so weird. And that was one, that was probably the thing that 
I didn't like actually in even in season one is her relationship with Bruce Maddox. Yeah. Just to yeah. me didn't feel well. I, mean, like, yeah, I think yeah, the, I think they did a really great job in season two oh. of kind of maybe oh, correcting yeah. that. And and I yes. think uh uh again I, I think I haven't read um the Picard novel, but um maybe i mean that's all she had to go off of to write this i mean she, she you know maybe, yes she was uh, mm -hmm. you know agnes is a genius but at the same time she was they she really came across as kind of an immature a very unsure of herself genius mm -hmm. and in picard season two holy She's cow what a amazing. flip and yes. and great performance mm -hmm. by the actress and allison um, pill if we can ever talk to her oh, i mean like oh, and i have never i don't think i've ever sweetie. seen her in anything else mm -hmm. uh, even though i went and looked up her up on imdb and she's been acting for a bazillion years and a lot right, of things right. but there are things yeah, that she's I, on the the newsroom well, i think was her yeah, maybe her biggest she, mm -hmm. yeah no, but that's sure. i've never watched that i would yeah. heard of it so i, I kind of do want to just see how she is in other things because she was fantastic oh, yes, in this. Yes. Like, the kind of the way her dialogue came across like that whole speaking very quickly but like mm -hmm. very articulately in a mm -hmm. uh, oh my gosh yeah. she's amazing a lot of amazing. great performances great <laughs> a lot of great performances by all the mm -hmm. actors in this uh two seasons so question number three what is your least favorite thing about the series overall? And Steve, you get to start this <sighs> round. Okay. Um, <laughs> what really bothered me was the story of Rene, his his mm. what great great grandmother? I, uh, I great don't great know. aunt. Yeah, great great aunt. Right, okay. Yes. When we see her, she is dealing with the issues of the upcoming mission, but then she goes on the mission, and we really don't see any more about it. It was treated like this is a really big plot point and oh, she gets on the spaceship and goes off and she does her thing and that's hooray, she saves humanity. I didn't I didn't like I didn't feel that she was fleshed out as well as she could have gone. Um, mm. And then also how when uh, Noon's daughter destroys all his information and she basically wipes everything out so he can't ever do anything he pulls out june 7th 1996 file on con yeah <laughs> but the eugenics war happened in the 1990s and this is 2024 so something was wrong with the timeline there no, you know no no, no. no, I, no I think cause... that was okay because really? that was yeah. what he pulled out was still kind of like before yeah. like it was potentially before the the eugenic like we just know that but the wars were in the 90s if you check, like very very yeah, very very late 90s. no but if you check it i went and looked on memory alpha and it even it even memory alpha was updated including from season two wow. episode two of strange new world they've already updated it oh wow so the eugenics war again restated it happened in the 1990s so i i wasn't very satisfied with that i would be more that is that supposed to be leading towards the development of the augments that go into enterprise and you know from that particular series because he leaves well, icon leaves the leaves earth in 1996 i think right yeah so they, yeah, they that, had already mm -hmm. yeah well but that date doesn't necessarily that could have been a file he had Let's say they had already been shipped off in the space, and yeah. he had that file afterwards. I, yeah, I don't so, think the date of that file 
I, I just was I to me, I wasn't yeah. satisfied with that. That was a little mm. confusing. And but but okay this one of the the things though that's very interesting because i've always ever since we we first learned in next generation that data's father or creator was Mm -hmm. you know his name was nuni and soong it's what had always been like of course that had to have been intentional in some way shape or form because obviously khan is one of the most at that point you know 1986 khan is one of the most famous you know, characters, you mm-hmm. know, in the Star Trek universe. So now they name Data's creator after him. I've always wondered it, if that was way back then, there was some possibility mm. for a deliberate tie. But, yeah. And we're finally getting to that. Yeah. But isn't, but aren't they like, but it's different names though. That's like Sing versus Soong, right? Because like yeah. Khan is spelt with S I. G N H? No, how do you spell sing? Like in like S- the Indian name. S- I- yes, I- Union. And the I don't know. It's just so it's it's yeah. close mm-hmm. so close. close enough. Like yeah. right. why would right. you name something so close mm-hmm. to your most famous villain? <laughs> and I know I think you're right. They did want and to the tie that all still there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. My issue, like, is not so much about the dates, it's just like you don't like always have to tie him back. He doesn't need to be everywhere. Like you can have a you can have an episode of Trek that doesn't have to reference Wrath of God, is my kind of thing. Yeah, but right. it, it did it did, and yeah. then um, the fact that Q snaps his finger and everything is reset back to the pivot, the moment in in early when the Stargazer is going to blow up and they either they're set back in a moment where they can change the outcome, and I, it was fine, but it just seemed like. When he snapped his fingers, everything should have reset completely because who shows up on the bridge? Elnor, who died. So Mm -hmm. they really reset everything, which means, you know, they could have even reset the fact that Rios really didn't stay behind. So there was a little confusion there with the timeline. Um, So, yeah. And and also, I mean, I don't want to, you know, but the whole thing about his mom and learning his backstory and him getting in the car crash and the you know car hit again and then he's in being interviewed by his dad, it, it just kind of dragged out a little too much. They just kept going back to that theme over yeah. and over again. So yeah. that's what I'm going to say. So the very beginning of this this yeah. episode tonight, you know, our done. podcast tonight, you know, when we were what I was saying, mentioning how like as we were talking in the background, you know, yes, it was like around the mother when he got hit by the car and all the mother's thing. That's when the group of us we were starting to like wonder where are they going with like where are they oh, going this yeah. season and are they going to recover? And eh, we were starting to get. I think yeah. we were all starting to get a little bit nervous. I, was, I wasn't too nervous. I was like, even if it's not as great, I'm still I'm still in for it because I appreciate it. At least this thing is like we're learning more about Picard in a way that I felt like wasn't jeopardizing the character. It wasn't changing it. Mm-hmm. But I, I agree. There was a little bit of a lull, a lull yeah. with like the middle episodes. Yeah. So so is that what you didn't like about? Is that kind of your least favorite thing, Adina? Well, so sort of um I, I sort of agree with steve where the stuff about the mother was a little bit um although i've come but for a different reason i like to read uh, i like to read a lot and one of the books that i did enjoy a few years ago is there's a book the autobiography of jean-luc picard 
and really? his mother didn't die like that. Yeah. You know, so she, she, she lived to be 68 and die of like something more, a little natural illness, you know, illness. And so while those, uh, and I think there's like an autobiography of Captain Janeway too. There's like a couple of them, but I read yeah. the Picard one and I liked having that like backstory of his life. So this completely destroys that autobiography for me. Um, <laughs> Poor author. So, of that autobiography. Yeah, I know. I, I exactly. <laughs> so, and again, the, I think, I guess, I think the, the, this autobiography was probably not canonical, not part of the franchise. So it is what it is, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was some good stuff. Although, you know, so, but if that didn't exist, I probably would have been just fine with the mom stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so if I, so if I put the autobiography aside, mm. yeah, I was very worried in that episode where he gets hit by the car and they're worried about what's happening in his brain. But when I rewatched the, most of the whole series and kind of went through the whole arc again, and, you know, there's, I, I feel like there's two things going on is one Q in his crazy way is trying to help them survive that ultimate danger that the Borg helps him with at the end. And this was the crazy way he needed to do this. He needed, he needed Picard and them to trust this Borg queen very quickly. So he engineered that. So it had to be Agnes and it engineered all that. But then it was also about Picard and him coming to terms with his just aloneness in life. Mm -hmm. And with that part, the mom stuff, it, it works except for given, I feel like they get enough psychological counseling in Starfleet. <laughs> mm -hmm. Really? He went this long without deal, like without dealing with that. With his it, mommy issues, well, he, was, he had Troy he, too. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe he was working through, and then the whole board thing. You know, he had to deal with that for years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we <laughs> talked about, you know, we yeah. had our episode, you know, a couple months ago, the trauma of Picard. Yeah. So add the, add this obviously into that. Yeah. Um, you know, because finding, you know, a parent, you know, being the one who finds your parent and feeling responsible. Yeah. For that, that's a that is a pretty terrible thing, but. I have a hard time believing that he made it to this advanced age as a Starfleet captain, having all the counseling and the psychiatric services available. Like, remember early in the series when Wesley's going through the the exams to get into the academy, oh, and they the had that psychological the psych test. Yeah. How did this not come up? You know, like <laughs> how did Picard get this far, not having addressed this? That that to me is like probably the most un. We've got time travel. We've got board queens. Yeah. We've got all this craziness. And that one thing to me seems for, to be the most unbelievable stuff. Four words, Adina. Willing suspension of disbelief. I know. See, uh, that's still a good question. I mean, could, it is like, a good question. It's, it's fair. It's like, yeah, they do have, they have psychologists in Trek and they should, they should have identified some of those issues early on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Cause then now I'm now wondering like, well, what about Barkley? Like, if you're afraid of transporters, wouldn't that sort of automatically disqualify you or be like, maybe you're not going to be on a starship that relies on it or something? Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's there's so many things like that. Well, what about you, Chris? What, what is here. your least favorite thing about this series? So oh God, it's there's a lot that I didn't like about season one. And Adina's point about the autobiography being ruined by the show, I kind of feel that because... I loved the expanded universe Star Trek novels that took place after mm. like all the series had ended. 
So it was just like all my favorite stuff that happened on the, in the Voyager novels and seeing what was going on there. It was just like, all right, all that stuff, it's not canon anymore. It's all out the window, which I get. I understand the reality of, of how that Are works. We? Yeah. I found like season two, I felt a lot better about because um, as I always joke, I really had issues with miserable old man Picard moping around the vineyard as I like to call vineyard Picard. <laughs> so I was glad that he was able to, to work through a lot of that. Um, I agree. So I mixed on the last arena. I think it's a cool ship and it's a cool bridge, but I think to have a season one of a Star Trek show set on that ship and not have any federation ships, I think was pro- mm. a problem because it mm. made it look more like a, I don't know, like a dark, sci-fi show meets iron man stuff and i think okay maybe it could have been a good hero ship had mm-hmm. we seen the stargazer so mm-hmm. i thought i know this season did a good job of it's going to be set on less arena but we're going to see that hey starfleet is still starfleet mm-hmm. with their look um right. and then i think the other thing i didn't like as much and i think actually it dina you helped clarify this for me because i was still a little bit iffy about okay i can't you were doing a nice thing for Picard and the crew and he had to trust Agnes, but I still didn't quite fully understand why he sent them to this alternate timeline. I was still a bit fuzzy about that. Mm -hmm. Um, Or why couldn't he have just said, Hey, I'm trying to teach you a lesson without acting like he was acting like he was really offended by, by Picard, like Picard just upset him, but really he was just trying to do him a favor. But that's the way Q, I mean, to me, that's perfectly acceptable because Q is is ridiculous. I mean, he he sent them to he sent Picard to be like Robin Hood to get him One to kind of of fall in love with but, his like girl. Right. But he doesn't do it with like so much anger that he had in the first episode. It's usually a bit more goofy. A well, bit that's more where fun. he's not, you know, that whole and Picard picked up on. Yeah, he's right. Off. He's not. Which well. I think is kind of cool. Yes. Yeah. 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 So are, are you, I don't, I don't want to cut you short, Chris. Is there anything else you wanted to mention? Uh, can I also... Okay, actually, this is uh, not really a gripe because I know it's a good cameo, but I'm just, I was disappointed that we didn't get any General Cisco. Like, we didn't see Cisco in real life. Uh, it was just one of those cool throwaway lines that I'm, like, reacted to. And to um, <clears throat> your earlier point, Brian, I one of the things I love about being in this house alone is that when something happens on track, I can yell as loud <laughs> as I want. <laughs> and so when they, when they dropped the general Cisco line, I freaked out when Wesley showed up, I yelled a lot. It was just, uh, it was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I can't yell because my wife and I watched this show after we put the kids <laughs> yeah. down and yep. my daughter's right. room is right <laughs> above our living room. So exactly. uh, I've jumped off the couch a couple times though and scared the bejeebers out of my wife. Um, <laughs> whatever bejeebers are, I have no idea how you scare that out of somebody. But um, uh, so I, there, there, uh, there are two things that stick out to me that I was uh, at least a little bit disappointed with Picard. Um, besides, season one I felt was interesting intriguing well done although I didn't really like the storylines that much but I felt there was enough there that kept me hanging on you know Um, because I was so hungry for more Mm -hmm. um, as a fan but in uh, season two we've already stated the whole story of Picard's mom Um. I just felt like they dragged that drama on a little mm. too much and it got really dark 
um, like to where my wife was like, oh my gosh, we're watching a horror show, not a science fiction Star Trek show, you know, as, as they're down in that basement, weird dungeon looking thing. And we see some creepy dudes, you know, mm-hmm. um, that look like a cross between the zombie, the, a zombie and the Zindi, you know, and, uh, just, it was, it was very strange and bizarre for me. Well done, very dramatic, very intense. Um, and I just felt like they dragged that part of the show on. And I also, what I was also disappointed in was I, I really wanted more Q. I feel like for a whole yeah. Yeah. Or five That's true. episodes there, it's just like, where the heck is Q? He um, went on vacation during yeah. the middle part of the show. Now, except- sitting around stamping his finger going why doesn't that work yes yeah it was was like they threw him in at the end for two seconds of an episode here there and um you know and there's various different easter eggs i guess uh which i can't remember any of them now in some of his scenes but i just that i was a little disappointed we didn't get more of q Mm -hmm. um in this season uh, his entrance was awesome, dramatic, loved it. I I was, going, yeah, that felt like a family reunion, even for crying out loud. And then yeah. the the f- final episode, um, blown away by how they handled that. I didn't see uh, that coming, where Picard and him embrace. And, I was really happy with that. Uh, Picard really forgives Q. Um, honestly, I mean, I mean, it was. It could have been the cheesiest, sappiest, dumbest no. thing we ever saw in Trek, but because they're great actors, because it was well written, and um, yeah, I just felt like if if I'm John Delancey and having to say goodbye to this character finally, what a way to go! Um, yeah, I, I just I, felt like I it, agree with you, Chris. I agree with you, Brian. When he just says "Mon Capitan" and just goes, it was like you are who you are and i am who i am and that's how we're going to say goodbye i just yeah. loved it yeah you're absolutely it was, right that it was, was great it was it, it was, was fantastic mm-hmm. so let's uh i i, I want to kind of jump i don't I, i'm going to jump ahead a little bit here okay guys just for the sake mm-hmm. of time um mm-hmm. but i want to ask you this do you think this show has done a good job of continuing the Trek legacy? Cause that, that is something that myself as a fan am very concerned with. I want each new series to be good enough to give us another new series. Mm-hmm. I oh, want, absolutely. I want more Trek. I want it to be good though. And I want it yes. to, and I want it to feel, and maybe this is why season one was was harder for some Star Trek fans, and maybe why Discovery, in a lot of ways, for a lot of fans, has been hard to embrace. Mm-hmm. It, at times, at least, doesn't feel like the Trek we know. And yep. um, so, and I think that's okay to a degree. To I mean, there's room for all types of different kinds of Trek in our universe. For crying out loud, and different mm-hmm. types of Trek series. But I really feel like season two in particular captured the essence of Trek. I think I feel like now this show is in a very positive way, even continuing Picard's legacy as a character. Mm-hmm. Well, in first season one, I wasn't quite sure it was going to, I was almost yeah. concerned it was going to fall off and disappoint. And mm-hmm. that is going to, we're, we're going to, a lot of fans are going to go, oh man, I wish they never made this because now this is what we remember of Picard. 
So is it doing a good job of continuing the Trek legacy, the Picard legacy, or do you feel like it's, and I think I know that because we've talked so Mm -hmm. much about it already, but is it just Trek filler and fluff, you know, to get to the next thing or. Steve, let's start with you, Steve. Without a doubt it is. And mainly because of our interview with, uh, Doug Drexler, Mm. where he says, you're going to see much more of the stargazer in the next season. And the fact that they're bringing back all of the TNG characters for the third season means that they set up going into that. They have finished this storyline. They're done with it. Now we're going to go into the next storyline, which is going to be even more. I think what you're hoping for more true Trek and the fact that you're bringing the band back together again and you're putting him on a spacecraft that means so much to Jean-Luc Picard. It's like, can you go home again? Yes, he is. And so they're going to have fun with that. That's why I'm very excited about watching season three and have no idea when it's going to be on. So I'm just going to sit back and enjoy a strange new world and oh, I'm yes. going to enjoy lower decks and wait until it arrives. Yeah. I do hope we get to see a new version of the enterprise in season three. I hope so. Maybe, maybe season on, finale, you know, series finale. Maybe they'll give us one glimpse of it at the Can very I, end. So I'm I'll okay. Make... I'm okay if we don't, you know, because mm-hmm. D was to me like, uh, you know, the next generation enterprise. So it was beautiful. I was, you know, I, while the other ships in the movies looked great and whatever, D was the enterprise, you know, like D was next generation enterprise. So I'm okay mm-hmm. if we see, see if season three comes and there's no more enterprise mm-hmm. or we don't see mm-hmm. an enterprise. I, I'm mm-hmm. okay with the stargazer with this what new stargazer. If, what if though, Adina, they model it after the D though? What if it looks very similar to the D and brings back all the? No, because no? you already I, patched your 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 letters yeah. into it from from uh first contact you're yeah you're already models up yeah i don't think they can Mm -hmm. do that because the d was kind of the the snazzy thing for Mm -hmm. the 1980s Mm -hmm. i mean because if you look at like you know one of the things i was looking at with the stargazer and again stargazer looks fantastic but Mm -hmm. there's no carpet you know Mm -hmm. like which makes sense to me (laughs) to not have that but the d had that and it was so it was a very different look a different physically a feel and they're not going to go back to that because in here in the real world of 2022 that's not going to work for a ship so i i just don't see it and i'm okay this is me wiping a tear from my eye because you're probably right no but you you know you're right it was a rick berman thing no no if you think about the d the d represented the type of spacecraft that you would send off on a five-year mission and it never came home again because it was so big and it offered so much and there were so Take many care. generations living it's on it. that first season. Yeah, yeah. you, you, you really, it, that's, I agree with you about that. You just can't go back on, about that. back to that home yeah. again. Sorry. Yeah. So, so again, so I'm okay with just let, let's, let's look at the stargazer and any other n- newish, mm-hmm. you know, ships at work now in the 2020s and, and, and let okay. the enterprise because yeah, it's a, you, you can't go home again. No, you, and you got the enterprise so, in Stranger New does, World. So does yes. this? Let me jump in, Chris, because because you're gonna go next, Adina. Does this show carry on the legacy of Trek? Well, the legacy of Picard? Well, I, I think so. I think yes to to both questions, and I, that I'm as <laughs> Next Generation is my core. 
Yes. And the fact that I'm so happy with this, it, mm. it's obviously an easy, easy yes. Okay. Um, but I want to bring up this one thing I was talking to my, my colleague about, though, mm-hmm. because in, in there's one issue to reconcile the Admiral Picard versus Ambassador Picard. He brought up something that I hadn't thought too much about, but since he mentioned it, I've been thinking it, you know, about it a lot. And it was that he doesn't like that it's Admiral Picard, that anytime we hinted at what Picard's future might be in Next Generation, it was always Ambassador Picard. And so it seemed like that was where he would wind up after he's done being captain. And while, yes, that is certainly, I mean, you can certainly watch like a dozen episodes where the future Picard is an ambassador. That was with the thought that it was before the whole thing of the Romulan uh, evacuation and the destruction of their home world was introduced. And I think in a future, that that didn't happen. Yeah, you, you get Ambassador Picard. But, and this could also be the book, you know, the, that book that I read coming through that kind of explained the whole Romulan evacuation of Picard's role in it. Uh, I think Picard, in, you know, as like kind of like the, he is portrayed as like the top captain or the top capable captain, even with all his trauma in Starfleet. So for him to completely lead that evacuation makes sense. It makes sense that he's an admiral and like a, a fleet admiral or whatever the super admiral is um, in this particular timeline, in this reality. So I'm, so even though I've been like, I've been obsessing over that thought that my friend put in my head, <laughs> I think I'm very okay that this is Admiral Picard. This makes for what's happened, what really wound up happening, this makes perfect sense to me. And okay. so, yeah, so I'm, I'm very happy that we have Admiral Picard, that he's commandant of the academy, um, mm-hmm. That's all working for me. So, yes, cool. all good stuff. Mr. Christian Fox, you've been waiting patiently. Mm-hmm. What, so what I have a thoughts? few thoughts. That's things I was laughing at, too. One, and I, can I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just want to remind, rem, remind all of our fans, all of our listeners. Um, Christian was perhaps the most excited about Picard because of how Picard has influenced his life and even his career choice. Um, so right, I just yes. keep keep that in mind. So his opinion is really important to us. Go ahead, my friend. Yeah. So one thing I want to go back to the Enterprise comment. So my thing is, if we don't get the Enterprise, and if it's not, if season three is not set on the Enterprise, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I would make a request that at least the last episode or second last episode, we have at least one. We're in trouble. <laughs> oh no, there's another starship coming in. It's the Enterprise. It's the Enterprise. It's someone we know. Yes. I hope. But who's the um, captain of it then? Well, that's the question because <laughs> I'm assuming all the other characters will be on whatever ship we're on. Yep. If they're going to be there, so it wouldn't be Riker, but it would be it'd be cool. I don't know. I guess we have to see who Barkley, Barkley, or maybe <laughs> no, um, Barclay, uh, Barclay Shelby is... could be cool. Shelby, I would love to see captain Shelby then, as a right? cameo. Yes. Yeah. Um, That's a so great idea. Also, it's not going to, or it's going to be an all new person if it is a younger, mm. a younger. What about no, Ensign no. Choc- Hot Chocolate Gomez? <laughs> there you go, Molly He's O'Brien. Ca- okay. All right. I want to see kid, like similar to how we saw Sulu have like yes. a kid that grew up and went to Starfleet. Okay. I want to see someone that we know their kid. Molly O'Brien would be the right age. To be a cat, to be a, like mm-hmm. a brand new, a newish captain, yeah. Molly O'Brien. Right. Yes. Yeah. We're not... hijacking Chris's. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> and then, sorry, so, not sorry. 
the thing I was laughing at when Brian was saying, well, is this like continuing the legacy, which I think it is. I think season two feels so much better and feels more like Star Trek. And I feel like definitely continuing it. And then about it being fluff, my only thought was, you mean like having an old episode where two characters are on like in a casino and they're like, hey, we have to get this raw mineral or this mineral so we can get through the Great Barrier. Let's go play cards for an hour. Oh, we need to go stop those guys. I guess we better play cards as well so we can get that mineral from them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, just like the filler in season four Discovery was it was too much. But yeah. I think for me, like season two was a huge course correction from season one it feels like the legacy mm-hmm. and i think ending on such a good note and then starting strange new worlds is just the perfect combination i agree my i feel like season two of picard has uh, like this show is definitely continuing the trek legacy well um it is doing things for me as a trek fan that discovery I love season one and two of Discovery. Don't get me wrong. I really loved yeah. the Klingons. I loved that time. I loved everything about season one and two. Okay. Oh, well, most things about season one and two. Um, but I, 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 as I'm watching season two of Picard in particular, and then moments of season one, I'm telling you, I'm feeling the same stuff I felt watching Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that feels once again to use the coming home analogy or family reunion thing um that's what i'm loving about picard and Mm -hmm. i'm glad that uh it is working itself around to being something i think us star trek fans us picard fans patrick stewart fans are going to say wow if this is the last time we really see picard this was pretty excellent this was this was awesome and a lot of fun Guys, uh, let's say our closing goodbyes, and I, I kind of have a closing statement I want to make um, mm-hmm. here. And so, Adina, anything you'd like to leave us with tonight? Update what's going on with you? Oh my gosh, so much. Well, there's still so much about Picard. Like we could have gone on for like another three or four hours. I think there's yeah. still like so many things yeah. we didn't bring up. <laughs> like Captain mentioned. Duquesne. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, just oh, just so much. So we might have to come back and talk about, well, of course there'll be a season three and we'll talk mm-hmm. about uh, that, mm-hmm. but then uh, just upcoming in, in, in life, although a couple of these will have passed by the time this episode airs is again, I'm doing this in book fairs and Balticon is an annual science fiction convention Memorial day weekend in Baltimore. Um, so I'm getting ready for that, but that'll have, that'll be in the past. By the time you're listening to this, I will have been, uh, I think some of the content they're recording and will be available, um, which will make available. Yes. Or a lot of interesting panels that are going to be happening there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so that's, and then I'm very anxiously awaiting every week's new Strange New Worlds mm-hmm. episode because that is fan freaking tastic. Yes. No spoilers. It's just fan freaking tastic. Oh, so good. <laughs> Watch it right now, whatever you're yes. doing. And I, and I would say, because again, there, there's so much content in the universe and not enough time. Drop everything and watch Strange New Worlds first. (laughs) Even if you're not done with Picard, like yet, just just watch Strange New Worlds first, and then come back to Picard, and then Lower Decks, and then Discovery. I like it all, but there's there's a priority (laughs) order. (laughs) Discovery, I'm telling you, it's got to be when you're doing chores at this point. (laughs) I hate to say it. Steve, how about you, my friend? Well, again, I agree with Adina. 
I have watched the first two episodes of Strange New Worlds. I Strange New Worlds. I would love to talk about that and spoil everybody <laughs> about it. But when you ask the question, did Picard do a good job of keeping the Star Trek legacy alive? Strange New World has done it even more so. Oh, yes. Yeah. Without yeah. a doubt. And uh, I'm looking forward to when the season comes to a series. The, se- the season comes to an end where we can sit down and chat about it and spoil everybody because there will <laughs> be so much to talk about. Now, can I say this is similar to our season two Picard chat, like behind the scenes chat when we were like all like in this massive honeymoon phase and it did took take a little, you know, dip before mm-hmm. it came back at the end. So you, you guys are hearing us We're we're this is after we're two episodes in the stranger world. Yes. We're loving it, yes. but it'll be interesting to see if we like, if Keep we stay at this it. level or if we <laughs> dip down. Cause sometimes there will be news, a news slow shows have issues. Just, yeah. Yeah. Will there be a slow part where we go? Yeah. Wow, they're really fishing out this storyline. It's getting really old. Or will it be episodic? Mm-hmm. Will yes. every yeah. individual yeah. But, episode be on its own? You know, but just the bridge, it feels so good. And it's like even yeah. if the show, even if the storylines don't quite hit, it's like between the bridge and the feeling like this is what JJ should have done with his enterprise <laughs> and Anson Mount's hair, which I'll always talk about. It's like the perfect combination to me. <laughs> but there's one line in the second episode where Pike says, I love this job. Yeah, and I love what, the... We understand why. And that's the closest yeah. to a spoiler we're going to get. Just yep, watch that's the show. It. Yep. It's in it. the trailer, though. It, yep. Right. It's right. defense. Yeah. yeah. All right. Brian, well, Steve, please. Steve, though, that's, I don't I don't want to forget about. Um, are you able to mention your new writing gig? Yes, I have been invited and have passed the rigorous chore of getting involved with Trexphere. And Fantastic. I am looking Yay. forward to writing my very first episode about, excuse me, my very first <laughs> article about the Star Trek Enterprise episode Congenitor. And uh, when it's done, I will be very proud when you guys uh, include it in the list of what they're doing we absolutely will do that too looking yes. forward to that sir mm-hmm. chris how about you sir uh so i'm going to be doing uh more podcasting for yelling about star trek and just looking forward to strange new worlds and it's yeah. one of those things where it's like i want this to be my friday night food it will be mm-hmm. but also there's pancakes in the show and i'm like i bought pancakes right. because of it <laughs> so I've, I've been thinking about those a lot lately but yeah. that's kind of like the big thing that's going on right mm-hmm. now fantastic fantastic i'm pastor brian donahue and i'd like to close out this season finale with a special message a message of hope just like the season finale of Picard. I hope you've uh, sensed our love for how this season ended, uh, generally speaking. And just wherever you are right now, whatever you're going through, wherever you've been, whatever you've done, keep on track and keep on moving forward. And only look back if it's to learn from your mistakes and if it's to remember the good times and the happy times. Growth is a part of the human experience. So is making mistakes or occasionally choosing the wrong path. But what makes us who we are is how we respond to the choices we make each day and how we face the consequences of those choices. We don't have to be defined by the monsters of our past or even the monsters we might face in the future. 
but we can't ignore them either. Just as Picard's mother suffered from mental health issues, we here at the Big Sci-Fi Podcast want to raise awareness for the mental health crisis many are going through around the world. Mental health is an important issue for us to be aware of. So whatever life is thrown at you, make sure to look around at the people you do life with and make sure they know uh, that they are not alone. And if you need help, reach out. There's probably someone that really would be more than happy to help you and even honored to help you through your journey of life. You never know. You might just save someone's life or at the very least make a big difference in their day. And speaking of making a big difference in your day, I hope this podcast has made you laugh, has made you think, and has made you enjoy science fiction all the more. That's one of our big hopes here at the Big Sci-Fi Podcast. Until then, we wish you well. We hope that you'll continue this journey with us as we prepare a whole new season of episodes and content in between, by the way. We'll be posting some stuff. Follow us on our Facebook group. Look up the Big Sci-Fi Podcast on Facebook, and you will find us there. You can also listen to us on the Listen Frederick um, Podcast Network website there. We're a part of that network now and very excited and pleased to be joining them. And, uh, yeah, uh, we're going to try to go next season, just like we did this season, where few podcasters have gone before to the best of our ability. Take care, guys. Until next time, have a wonderful day.